Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm sure our next guest will welcome your questions and observations from your own experience. She herself has done the hard yards and the parenting stakes. Robin Pierce is a mother of six and a grandmother of seventeen. She knows the challenges of raising children as a single parent in a shared custody situation while making ends meet on a benefit. That was many years ago now, and it left her juggling uh, with juggling and negotiation skills that have carried her over into a career as a time management specialist and as a public speaker. Robin Pierce's latest book, Getting a Grip on Parenting Time, contains many common sense lessons for effective parenting. 86, in fact... <laughs> Learned from the trenches. Robin is in the Auckland studio. Good morning. Good morning, Catherine. Lovely to talk to you. Tell us your own story. Six children uh, and uh, five, I think, came in very quick succession for you. And is quite a young mum. Oh, yes, pretty young. I think I was just 22 when the first one was or just over 22 when the first one was born. In fact, all six of them came in the six year in the nine year period, actually, Catherine. The um, I was pregnant with the second child when we also um, took into our family an intellectually handicapped foster son. So they all showed up rather rapidly and life was pretty chaotic, as you could imagine. Well, it's often the advice, isn't it? If you just get on with it, get it, get it all underway and on its way. You can't send them back. There's no choice. <laughs> no, indeed. Um, at the time, I think, uh, were you um, farming at the time as well? That's right, yes. So, um, we were uh, in the Waikato and then up in the far north as well, subsequently. So that in itself is uh, a life that's got its own demands and routines and schedules. Uh, were there times uh, where you just felt completely at sea or was it a case of you get up every day, you get out there and you you get it done? I mean, what were your own experiences, especially when those children were young? Uh, it was a state of perpetual chaos, to be quite <laughs> frank with you. <laughs> um, it's funny now, these days I, I work with corporates all around well, New Zealand, Australia and other countries as well. And when people hear that I've had six children, they just assume, oh, well, you were always good at it. But to be very truthful, I was not. I just felt like there was ne- never enough hours in the day, always too much to do. I just, I learnt that it was better to just focus on the kids rather than the housework. And if, as long as they were fed and they had clean clothes and they got to bed at a moderately reasonable hour, they were the top-level things, really. Well, that's advice number one, isn't it, really? Yes, it is, actually, Catherine. Focus, focus on the doable and stop trying to be perfect um, at everything or feeling the pressure to. Um, as part of the story also, um, uh, of course, there was, a, there was a period where you were raising these kids on, on your own again, and that is another whole set of stresses, not having a second pair of hands all the time, uh, or even that time for a moment to say, you know, I'm I'm out of here for half an hour. Uh, again, was this another time where it was just a case of you just keep going? Well, essentially, yes, although to be fair, my ex-husband is a very good father, so we did job share the children. So there were times when he uh, had the kids, and so I did get those times away to myself. But when they were, when I had all of them, because I would have six at a time, and then he would have six and anyway I won't bother you with all of the details but yes certainly there were periods of time where um, it it was all chaotic. One of the things I did was I belonged to, when I lived up near Kaitaia, I belonged to a joggers club which was a little bit like Hash House Harriers and those are the kind of things that young parents need to find to be able to uh, 
do things with other people and you can take your children along too. <clears throat> Excuse me, a little cough there. Um, we would we would get together at 5.30 on a, I think it was a Tuesday night, we'd take our food, our children and whatever we wanted to drink after we'd run. <laughs> and <clears throat> it was it was great because the bigger kids looked after the little ones while the parents all went off running. And two, two lessons I've taken straight away. First, the, the, well, the You're first good one, at this, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I mean, it's really, it's really interesting. Well, we'll talk more about the, the, the various pointers that you have that, that have been learned various ways. But um, the, the two things is if you are... Raising children together, but you are apart. Uh, there are ways of doing it well, obviously, and ways of not doing it well. But, but for you, was that um, the, the way that you organise things between you able to give yourself some vital time? And I imagine in your case, you know, a, a chance to, to do some work is is trying to come to the best uh, practical, workable uh, relationship and co-parenting a really important matter. I totally agree with that. There was one thing that I completely promised, and just I was it was an, a non-flexible issue for me when I went through that separation was that I would never allow the children to feel fought over. So there were some very tough times for me personally, but that was, and their dad really wanted to have them. So there were there were there were some very interesting times, but that gave me the the freedom in actual fact to do things that I wouldn't have otherwise done if I'd become really um, aggressive and fighting about having the children with me all the time. So it, a bit, learn to be relaxed about it as much as you possibly can, but think what's the higher good? That was really what I was endeavouring to focus on there, Catherine. And the second point was the networking, particularly for um, you know people on their own, raising kids on their own again, but despite that, for all parents um, in all situations... The power of the network, on the face of it, it feels like it's just more work, it's more time, it's more commitments, it's something else to put in the day. But is that actually a key way, by leaning on each other, uh, that you open up more time? Totally. And there was another one, and it could have been, I did use it when I was living in uh, Te Awamutu and I still was married and the ch- we were all together. But you could do that as a single parent as well. I'm sure there'd be ways around it. Uh, I belonged to a babysitting club. These days you could do these things electronically, but in those days we used to have a um, a, a um, babysitting book, I suppose it was. There were a certain number of families that were involved, and we shared with each other. So you ended up taking, if you had a baby, you would take your baby with you if it was still breastfed, but you would um, you would go and look after other people's children, and then you would have theirs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And th- those that was another network that worked really well to... Uh, help with the financial issues because a lot of parents don't have the cash to go out and have um, uh, evenings out and things like that. So and sometimes it's even it's, a, it's an afternoon or it's an hour or it's an overnight or Perfectly. something that that becomes part of the um, uh, that becomes part of the kids' you know time with their friends essentially. Yes. And there was another one actually that I did when I was a young mum. Um, I had a number of friends. We in those days we tended not to be at work, but we were working our little butts off, of course, at home. Mm. Uh, and we we created what we called a mending group because in those days you didn't go out and buy new garments every time something got a rip in it. But they were more expensive, so um, we had lots of mending. So we would pick our sewing machine, our basket of mending, or a bag of mending our kids, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and we would. It was a bit like the old-style quilting parties, really. And once a week, we would in a mor- for one, a morning, we would do that. That was another fabulous way to support each other. 
What were some of the other things? You mentioned a never-ending sense of chaos, uh, which of course is present, I think, in anyone who has a large family and sometimes just present in anyone who has a family. Um, but that, to manage that first, uh, you, you obviously have worked on lots of time-saving tools, but as part of managing that, just as you suggested earlier, almost an acceptance uh, that this is the way life is for now and you're going to prioritise and you're going to do what's possible uh, and not what's perfect. There were some. There was one other little strategy that my doctor recommended to me. I, it was one of the best pieces of advice I ever got. I think my second youngest child was a little guy and had an earache and was in there. Doctor Forbes said, "Robin, you're looking a bit exhausted yourself." And uh, in conversation, he said, "Get a schoolgirl for the hell hour." And I went, "What do you mean by that?" He said, "Hire a schoolgirl that will come and do, give you an hour every afternoon after school." to do whatever it is that you need doing. So I found Leonie, who lived just along the road. I'd love to catch up with her again. I don't know where she is now. But if you're listening, Leonie, email us. <laughs> yes. Nine to noon at radionz.co.nz. I was Robin Parsons back in those days, Leonie, and this was Tiaba Mutu. <laughs> and you're, you're clearly still adored, so get in touch. Anyway, carry <laughs> yes. on. She saved my life, I reckon. She'd get off the school bus at my gate rather than hers, uh, grab a sandwich just for after her own afternoon tea, and then for an hour she would do whatever I wanted her to do, which might be bringing in the washing, but some Sometimes Catherine was putting the washing out because they hadn't quite got there. Um, it might be bathing the kids or peeling the potatoes or anything at all that needed doing. And she was just um, an angel for me. So that's one. Another one is just don't get pedantic about um, too much stuff, but uh, don't have all of the toys out. These days a lot of children have got, most children have too many toys in my opinion. And so we... And we had lots of family and the kids, even though we didn't have much money, they still seem to have a lot of toys. When you've got six, they do. There's a lot of people to have toys with. And we um, started putting half away and then every few months we'd change them over. They didn't notice. We snuck a few away. Yes. Well, it wasn't some. It was half of them. (laughs) And they didn't even notice. (laughs) Um, It was getting the kids involved really early on with doing work. Um, the, 80, the 80 20 rule, I like. Oh, yeah, the 80 20 rule, absolutely. Just focus on um, the things that are going to make uh, a, a bit of difference. Actually, I think you're picking up on the little story I tell about the um, when a visitor, visitors were coming up our drive, which was a reasonably long drive. I had a little bit of warning, so I would quickly race. I was applying the anti twenty rule, which I teach to all my corporate clients these days, but for in a different way. Um, straighten the sofa quickly because it was a tatty old blanket covering a tattier old sofa. Throw the um, dishes, as many dishes as I could, in the sink and run the hot water on them. The ones that I couldn't quite fit there, I would put in the oven. And if that was full, <laughs> the rest of them went in the washing machine. <laughs> Anything that's got a lid in it yeah. goes. Yeah, so we're just trying to clean up the basics of the environment so that it didn't look too awful. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, the feeding, and the, you mentioned halal, and, and I suppose there are there are various of them. Um, most people perhaps would associate that. After school is obviously one, but most people would most associate it with that whole meal time. Um, everyone's getting hangry uh, and the uh, the bath time for little kids as well. Um, you were what you were into um, approaching that kind of daily hell hour by what mechanism? Well, a- apart from things like Leone, it was where possible, and in fact, I wasn't as refined at it as I 
would be now with some extra um, guidance I've had from one of my wonderful daughters-in-law, Lauren Parsons. Um, if I were doing it again, I would follow Lauren's regime, with her, she, which she's talked about in a, a wonderful book called Real Food, Less Fuss. Um, it, it's endeavouring to batch cook. Like one of Lauren's strategies is um, make your freezer your friend and cook twice a week. And once you've, if you plan your meals and you have uh, got the right ingredients in the house and you do not just, I used to do double batches, but if Lauren takes it to a science, she's, she gives you recipes to do f- multiples of four and of food that will work and um, in, in the freezer. And so you, you plan for it in a more deliberate way and it really does save a huge amount of time. So that's one. And another one with the children, a lot of parents struggle to get their kids to eat vegetables. And a simple way of managing that is, um, and this is something that both Lauren and I have learnt from the French because we've spent time in France, is um, and my son Morris as well, is to give the children... Um, salads first, which is a, it's quite frequently done in America, but we tend not to do it here in Because New they're hungry and that's when they'll have a go at them. They'll eat the greens then, yes. Mm-hmm. They'll eat the vegetables and there are all sorts of things that you can put into salads. But So they've taken the edge of the hunger, they've consumed it, and then the well, you've used the hunger because they've got nothing yeah. else. They can't go straight to the chips if they've just got the salad. That's right. Mm. Or, or the, the, the meat and the potatoes, which are the most kids' favourites, they'll eat that. Usually, if they've got a choice, the salad will get left and then you've got a fight on your hands. So look, at what, look try and get rid of the fight issues. Child labour is completely legitimate, especially when it comes to making lunches and you're big on making lunches the night before. That's hard when people are really, really tired and just want to... Um, you know, sit perhaps and get five minutes in front of the telly, but that is a routine, and indeed it was where you can get um, the children involved as well. What about other sticky points that tend to be time wasting? Just getting kids, especially that many kids, uh, places on time, getting them out the door on time. What were some of the things you learned? Um, something that I I sort of learned then, and I've refined it a lot more as I've got older, is get ready first. Is um, to Get yourself ready, actually, in the day. That's one thing. Um, Then attend to the children because there's been many a time when I'd suddenly find that I am not ready and the children sort of are. But then when you've got lots of them, they run around and get dirty again. I always always kept a flannel and a hairbrush in the car. Now, these days, girls say, oh, we'll just have um, uh, wipes. But I'm a bit wary about those wipes because there's a lot of chemicals in those things. But um, they can be scrubbing each other up in the car as you go. Um, Certainly getting the the clothes ready the day before, putting the shoes up on top of the washing machine rather than leaving them on the floor where the St Bernard might, (laughs) or the dog or the crawling baby might run off with them. Um, Making it a game also, making it a competition. Yes, yes. They fall for that. Absolutely. Um, A friend of mine who gave me a number of contributions for for the book, Getting a Grip on Parenting Time, um, talked about, she told me about a lady who, Made it. Um, she called, she called herself Mission Control, and her, she had three children. So they were Red One, Red Two, and Red Three. So Red One, status on your bedroom. Red Two, status on your lunchbox. Um, mission Control, lunch is made and in the bo- in the in the bag. That sort of thing. And she said it became so much fun. They just carried on doing it. It was really easy. How much persistence does it take sometimes? Because another um, cycle you can get into is that it's easier just to do it yourself than to you know keep at the child. Uh, in order to get them into a, into a habit, and then of course they're not in the habit, and, and 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 so it grows. Did you find yourself sometimes in that cycle, and what did you have to go through to try and um, get a breakthrough? 
the, the doing it yourself, I think when there's that many children, you can't do it yourself. <laughs> That's a quick, short answer on that one. But um, some of the other tips are, um, and this is one actually that one of my, one of my other sons, James, uh, instituted with his wife, Janine, and their children, um, is what they call computer dollars. Now, obviously, we didn't have computers when my lot were growing up, but I just love this one, is um, the kids are rewarded. They, there's certain jobs, that are family things, that they just have to do as a routine thing. But bribery, it's not corruption, it's bribery, if you like, but it's rewards is a word I prefer. Um, they didn't want... They didn't, want their children sitting around being couch potatoes and they wanted them to get involved with the domestics and they were also helping them with their maths as well. So um, they would get a certain number of computer dollars for different family tasks, which teaches resilience and it teaches responsibility for the kids as well. So It's modern the... pocket money basically, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> well, yes, these kids wanted to play on the computer and play computer games. So it might be one computer dollar, it might be just letting off the dogs. I think the rates have gone up a bit now. Um, six was um, cleaning the bathrooms, I think, or, there was, or it might have been two computer dollars per bathroom when they lived in a two-bathroom two house. Uh, and then the rate went up to six dollars, uh, a, a six minutes per computer dollar, because that then taught them how to multiply the six times table. <laughs> Uh, and also you were resilient sometimes in the face of the waning. Uh, you were um, persistent sometimes, and, and this can be really hard when someone is, is just tired uh, and on a schedule. You were pretty re- uh, resilient in the face of waning. Oh, that was another one. Yes, that was an interesting one. I found it was James, actually, that as a, I think he was about nine years old, and I found myself whining back at him. <laughs> he, he would say, no, it's not my turn, Mum. It's not fair. You know, those kind of conversations. It's Morris's turn. And then um, I started to realise that I was rep- I was really reflecting him. So I... Um, I thought back to my positive parenting days and realised I needed to reward the behaviour I wanted. So we came up with a chart on the fridge and the deal was, James, every time you don't whine, I'm, we, we get a point. And if we get 10 points, you get a point. When you've got 10 points, you can get an ice cream. In my solo parent days, an ice cream was about as much as I could afford to reward anybody with. And... Um, I think we went through about three cycles, Catherine, and he'd bedded in that new behaviour. Oh, and the other thing was that if I didn't notice that he hadn't whined, he was allowed to remind me and go and put himself on the chart as well. So we named it. We named the whining. <laughs> One of the points that you make is that the universal stress facing parents really is not having enough time with the kids. Uh, and what is your what is your advice on that? Because these are such busy, complicated lives these days, no matter what the situation. What are some of the, the, the tips that you've got on that? That's a great question. One of the things I see too many parents doing is trying to do everything. They're trying to entertain their children, run them all to all these different events, um, making sure that they don't miss out on things. Children actually need to be able to entertain themselves, to, to allow themselves to be a bit bored at times, um, to learn some resilience, to learn the skills of just going out and learning how to play by themselves. And it, another tip is don't have something on every night. Have one night where it's computer-free, television-free, just a together time. That would be another strategy that I would really recommend.
this became a business for you, not just in the parenting sphere, but as you say, you advise businesses. I'm just, you know, looking at some of this advice. Distinguish between urgent and important. Get a handle on when to do what. Move from reactive to proactive. That's a moment in time, isn't it? <laughs> Overcome time wasters. <laughs> That's another moment in time. But, but what, what happened with this? Did this work that has become books and indeed has become a, a speaking business for you around the world, as you say, did it literally emerge from from the challenges of your you know of your parenting, and then of course incorporating work into into your parenting? Well, it was paid work. It, yeah, well, yes, and, it, and I've been running this business now, my own business, for twenty five years. So somehow I've survived quite nicely. Thank you. Um, it 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 did evolve. It wasn't just the parenting. It was after the marriage had completely gone to down the gurgler and some years later I ended up in Auckland selling real estate and it was real estate was the final crunch that made me realise I was trying to fit in too much and I think if there was one central theme Catherine that would be it don't try and fit in everything because it's physically impossible just pick the things the battles that you want to win pick the things that are really important to you and let the other things go I mean you probably don't have my business card there but on the back of it I've got eight little tips and one of them is the top one is no is our most powerful time management tool and I did qualify it, not in a career limiting or a relationship limiting way, but knowing what to push back on. Um, and yes, it has become a career. It's been a wonderful career, actually. I've, I've just worked with so many interesting and fantastic people. Certified There's lots speaking about that on my website. Yeah, there is. Certified speaking professional, I think, is held by fewer than 1% of professional speakers worldwide. Uh, so you come to, you know, I guess. Um, Take what you've learned, sometimes the hard way, and make it work for you. There's a link, I'm sure, on the website, uh, to the website on our webpage, listeners. Robin Pierce, thank you very much. The book is Getting a Grip on Parenting Time, 86 Common Sense Lessons from the Trenches by Robin Pierce. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.